When you see something that is not right, not just, not fair, you have a moral obligation to say something, to do something. Our children and their children will ask us, what did you do? Welcome to Talking Social Studies. Before we get to episode 49, as we reflected back on December 23rd of 2020 uh, and teaching during a pandemic, we wanted to take a moment and acknowledge the anti-democratic events that have unfolded at our nation's capital recently. Until we have an opportunity to get together and chat about that, we want to direct you to the Social Studies Twitter chat um, at hashtag SSChat. And you can go through there. There are a ton of resources shared from teachers um, to help you process these events with your students. For now, I hope you enjoy our look back at 2020. One child, one teacher, and one thing can change the world. Hey everyone, uh, we are back and we wanted to put together a quick episode before the holidays here. Um, just a quick check-in since it's been months and months since we have last appeared in your feed. And we just wanted to take a few minutes to kind of do a quick check-in and talk about what's going on and what's working right now, what's different this year, and uh, what we're looking forward to in 2021. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to Scott first because I'm always fascinated by, by the stories that Scott gets to tell. So Scott, what's going on in your world? Oh my goodness, what's going on in my world? Well, out in California, we're still, we're, we've been remote this whole time they're still talking about you know bringing everybody back and starting and we're back in purple and a new shelter in place order in this state so um you know i I don't know i i think that in the near future there'll be some some kids coming onto campus in limited capacity starting with our elementaries and doer secondaries but it's just been it's been kind of a crazy world i i will say i think everybody is um a little frustrated just with the constant like with the push to reopen schools and you know but just not acknowledging really the differences between online learning and in-person learning and thinking people can go back and forth on a, you know, the flip of a switch. And it's just, it's created a lot of extra anxieties and pressures for people as they try and meet these like milestones. In addition to all of the health and safety things that people are concerned about in their own lives. And, you know, I've just been very fortunate. Um, you know, my family's been healthy and, and stayed safe throughout this, but you know, it, it is a public health crisis that we're in, and it's it's just, uh, it's hard for everybody. Parents, students, teachers, administrators, I mean, and it just, it, it feels like it's an education crisis, but I come back to it, it's a public health crisis. And, um, you know, there, there have been some really neat opportunities that have presented themselves. And I think, you know, the connecting of kids um, across schools and across the district, you know, I have a film festival club I run, um, with all these little elementary kids who come on. And it's, you know, there's some new opportunities through Zoom. Um, I wish, I, I, I guess I just, you know, they say that like in, in the world, this is a five or six year kickstart into, you know, ripping the tech bandaid off and, and moving us forward. Um, and I just, I, well, there's so much as teachers, I think that we need to think about and, and how we assess and how we assign um, and all these lessons that we're going to be able to look back and, and learn from this window. And I just hope we can leverage, you know, some of the, some of the, the kickstart in, you know, this shift of moving from that kind of industrial era uh, education to something that's more creative and innovative and, and just meets the needs of, you know, the, the future learners we have. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a whole world of things, but that's kind of where we've been out in California. Um, and I'm curious to hear, you know, it's just, it's interesting our geographies and how that changes. So I'm curious, Amy, what's, what's been going on out in Oklahoma? Well, I, you know, I find it so fascinating to talk to you because you're at a state who, you know, takes very kind of more proactive measures. And, and I live in a state that's very more um, reactive and um, spent the greater portion at the beginning of this. I mean, my governor's made international news about being a denier for a lot part of this. And then he caught the COVID himself um, and then continued to deny. Yeah, it, it's been it's been kind of fun. Um, we were chatting a little bit. Well, okay. Big thing for me has been a bit of a career change. I'm now an administrator at the site where I was teaching. So what great, a time right? to make a shift into. Yeah, it's great. Well, look, here's the cool thing. <laughs> Because there's no real, like, truly screwing things up because nobody knows what they're doing, right? <laughs> there's some truth to that. I will reiterate that. Can we just say that one more time? No <laughs> one knows what they're doing. I mean, we're all figuring this out as we go, right? So if there's ever been a year to, to make mistakes and be given a lot of grace, this is it. And, um, you know, the thing that my boss actually just asked, asked a week or so ago, so, you know, what's your big worry? And I said, I just don't want to screw something up for a kid. Like as long as we can continue to put kids needs first and to figure out ways to make things work for kids, I, you know what, it can be the wonkiest set of steps or whatever, but if we can make it work for kids, then, then we're doing the right thing. Um, and that's, that's a philosophical shift for some, um, you know, we've got, we've got people, I mean, teachers are, are just like anybody else. And so, you know, some people cling to normalcy, um, to, to keep their world upright. And, and sometimes you have to poke a hole in that balloon a little bit. Um, and that's hard because you know that that's their emotional crutch, but I will say by and large, our staff has been phenomenal, really looking out for kids. And, um, I get to, in my new position, I get to receive those phone calls um, that are just like, Hey, I just want to brag on so-and-so they've been awesome. They, they talked my kid into doing something or they went after my kid cause they didn't, or, you know, you name it. Um, but it, it's been, it's been great. It's been really cool getting to see, I was really worried about, you know, I, I never wanted to start that part of my career in the same site where I taught. Cause it's just hard to make that transition, um, changing your role. But I got to say the site's been, been pretty awesome about it. Um, but yeah, the, the greater society at large, it's been interesting. Um, we were just talking before we kind of started recording about how part of my curriculum when I was teaching was communicable diseases. It's part of the AP world curriculum. And so my students were learning about the bubonic plague like November of last year, right around Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and, and the holiday break. And um, they started making predictions and a lot of their predictions have come either partially or fully true. And so they stopped by my office. So they send me messages and they're like, P, we called it. And I'm like, you did. I said, a bunch of high school kids can figure it out. Certainly adults should be figuring it out too. So that's been, that's been kind of cool. Um, it's been interesting watching because we all follow each other on various social media platforms, like how different communities. And Hef, I want to talk to you about moments because that's not that far from you, is it? It's, I don't actually know exactly where Moments is in my state, but it's it's somewhere 
somewhat nearby. It's further just, west I have, of me, I, I think. I have family that lives up in moments, and I've noticed there's been some overlap between posts of yours and posts of, of an aunt of mine. And I'm like, they can't be living that far apart. It's been interesting watching like how the communities have responded to stuff. And I'm like, I need to ask you about that. Well, Illinois is a weird one because like once you get outside of Chicagoland, like Illinois is basically like Oklahoma or Indiana. Oh, it's like, farmland. It's, it is like once you like, and it's really, it's past my house. Like my subdivision is like the edge like of across Serbia. the street. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like from where I'm sitting right now, if I open up the windows, I can see farmland. Um, like we are at the absolute edge. And so like the district that I live in is remote. The um, district I teach in is remote, but the next district over to the West of us um, they've been in person since August, um, at least in some version, like I think they're hybrid right now, but, um, but in like the suburban areas, like it is still like, like we've had the maximum amount of kids we've had in our building is 10%. Um, and it was like special populations and by invite only. And then the plan is for us to be going back in uh, the end of January. So they actually, our district actually, I was really happy to see that they, decided that not coming back right after winter break when they know that families are traveling and getting together and things like that, they actually decided to push it to two weeks after winter break. So that way, hopefully we can, you know, reduce the, uh, the risks there. Um, and I, we had a, we had a union meeting yesterday and one of the things our district is doing, which I'm amazed by is they're doing, I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's called surveillance testing. So not, not official testing, but like apparently uh, our district has contracted like with some company where students and teachers are going to basically, it was explained to us as spit in a vial um, a couple times a week. And it'll be like a rapid test where you'll be notified within 24 hours. And just as a way to kind of like, make sure that like, we aren't seeing like sudden spikes in any school or anything like that. So like- Wait a second, I, I, they're gonna test everybody multiple times? A week? That, so that's the story that we are hearing is that it is going to be a, Yes, that is that's well, the story that we've heard here so far. And again, I just I like, like to say that out loud in case anyone I know is listening. But I think if you really want to open schools, that's the key: is you've got to test people, and it's not once a month. It's not even once every other week. I think that the key is that we've got to be able to test people rapidly and regularly, like weekly, or in your case, it sounds like more. I mean, that my husband works for um, one of the the larger. Native American tribes. And um, it's been interesting to watch their response because they got their supply of immunizations like day one. And um, their immediate response was the elderly and the at risk. And I mean, like they immunized fast. I was, it was really impressive the way they did that, the way they organized it and the way they, they pushed it out. But then also um, they've offered free rapid testing to all of the employees three days out from the major holiday and then two weeks later or, you know, a week later, three days out again from the next major, you know, the new year's holiday. And um, it, it's, it's really kind of cool because their idea is they're trying to make sure people are not um, unintentionally spreading within a, a more um, susceptible population. So it's just really, they're, they're so, it's so fascinating to watch a company that is so people oriented um, and how they process. Um, and then, but you know, like I, I work in, in public ed, so it's a whole different set of- a company that's not people oriented at all. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting, but I mean, they're trying, I will say kudos to my superintendent because she has 
we have a we have a board president. Our our board of education president uh, refuses to mask. Um, ever, um, and I, I that's got to be really really hard. Um, as a superintendent to try and um, do the right thing for everybody when you have somebody in a very powerful position who who refuses to follow health suggestions. Um, and it's been, oh, wow. Yeah, Chris is giving me sign language and yeah, yeah, that, I, yeah, 100% agree. It's like our, I, I think the one thing our district has done this year is managed to piss off everybody. Um, like they have tried to like thread the needle, like, 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 look, it's going to be, you know, like we're going to try to like appease people who want kids back in the building. We're going to try to appease people who, you know, think we should remain like, and they have managed to appease absolutely nobody. Um, and, and like, they have a thankless job. And I, like, there have been plenty of decisions that our, our district administration and school board have made that I don't agree with. And there are ones that I do agree with, but like, like, in, I think the thing that just saddens me most is like the just unbelievable, like rage and anger towards these people on the school board who are volunteers. And like, you know, they're giving up their Monday nights to sit and basically be yelled at for, you know, three or four hours by, by people. And it's, like, and, and again, I, I don't agree with everything that they're doing. I think they've made plenty of mistakes along the way, but, you know, they don't deserve, they don't deserve the, the kind of like hate mail that they're getting and the, the public shaming that they're getting. And it's, it's, it's a sad statement in our society right now too. And I think, you know, we've seen that all over the news of like, you know, with the election and everything else and, you know, people who were poll workers being threatened and people who work in like, you know, vote counting offices being threatened, but like, it's just, it's, it's just such a sad thing that like, you know, we can't recognize that, hey, we're in a crisis and everybody's doing the best they can and there are gonna be mistakes that are gonna be made, but it's not that anyone's trying to intentionally like screw you over, but. Well, I think right. that, I mean, but we see, and we see it globally, not just not just right. in our own pockets, but even like, what's the purpose of education? Like even that has had people like, people are screaming about things that you're like, well, hold, hold on, is that is that our purpose? What is our purpose? What is our what is our role in society? And if it is to do all of the things, then you need to fund it, right? Well, so it can happen. Or is it just these few things? At which point, okay, then the I mean, that's a hard call. Um, you know, we were my husband and I were joking this morning. You know, the news about the the stimulus and and people's response to that and you know, it's, it's too little or, or, you know, it's, it's a slap. And I'm like, do the math, sweetheart. How many people are over the age of 18 in the United States? That's a, that's a large amount of money. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, is it enough? I, I, I don't even want to go into that, but just the fact that they're able, it's not, you, you got to do the bigger, the bigger global picture. And I think a lot of people really struggle with that global picture yep. of, of not 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 thinking tomorrow, but thinking three, five, even ten years from now. What does this look like? What does this mean? Um, it's it's you know the immunizations. Okay, it's not we're not going to hit February and suddenly everything's okay. Right. Like in order to get herd immunity out of something, you need like something like 60, 70 percent of the population. Um, I, I, that's not physically possible. Even if it's just it's not available that way. <laughs> With that you have right. a yeah. month in between the doses. 
I, it, you know what I mean? Like we've talked, the, Oklahoma just moved, Oklahoma just moved teachers to tier two, which means the second wave, um, which is, which is interesting because it's a, it's a reflection, not so much of the value of the teachers, but the value of daycare, honestly. Yep. Um, I mean, that's what it boils down to. The teachers are refusing to work because they don't want to get sick from families that are sending their kids. And, you know, that's when, when most of your teaching workforce is in the age to be of danger. Yeah, that's, that's a real concern. Um, but okay. So even tier two, it's not going to be available till April or May, which means they're not going to be, it's not going to be until June before it's effective. Right. If you get it, if you get it. So I'm like, why are we talking January? <laughs> like, there's a whole problem. I know what you want, but honey, you, you got to think it through. What does this mean? What does this look like? And people get like, you're right, Chris, people get so emotional about it. Well, and it's so frustrating too, because of the, I mean, there's just a general meanness in our society, yep. I guess, you know, and, um, and what really I think is coming out, you kind of hit it on the head is it's this daycare component of schools. And what frustrates me, I think more than anything is the conversation about, you know, bringing kids back or remaining online. We've developed these schedules and these things, but, you know, it's kind of a one size fits all. And it goes back to, you know, these people who are making these decisions um, and they're just trying to do the best that they can for, for everybody. But you get these vocal minorities who come out who want, you know, things to be open. It's not going to be business as usual. And I don't think it's, I don't think, you know, people who are outside of education truly understand that concurrent learning is not going to work well uh, for anyone who wants to be remote. Like it's just, it's, it's not. And the amount of time that you're going to get in these hybrid models in person is not what you would get before. And so, you know, it's kind of like, I just wish people would bite the bullet and say, okay, we're going to stay distance and we're going to learn remotely the remainder of the year. But what we're going to do is we're going to bring kids back in small groups for what we want to bring them back for. And we haven't ever had that conversation. It's not like, what is the, okay, if you have an hour with the kids, what do you want to do? It's like, well, if I have an hour, I'm going to try and teach English and math. And I'm also going to have the kids online over here that I'm working with to keep English and math. And I'm like, look, if you're going to bring them on campus, let's focus on the kids that are on campus. And you know what, forget English and math and just talk to them. Like, I don't know what it is that you want, but figure out what, here's the time that we're going to have in person. And this is what we're going to do with it. And we're going to still teach online like everybody else. And if you don't want to come in, that's okay. But it just, it drives me nuts that at no point has the conversation started with what is it that we want them to have when they're back in person? No, I'm, I'm totally with you, Scott, because I think, I think that's where we have maybe made the biggest mistake is that, you know, to try to pretend like things are going to be normal and having half the kids in the room and half the kids on computers is it, it's never going to be normal. Um, and I think the kid, the thing that kids are really needing right now isn't language arts or math or even social studies, which we all know is obviously the most important of the subjects, but it's, it's that socialization, it's community, it's team building. And, and they're not going to be able to get that in our classrooms with like, you know, like, I'm sitting here and the next person's six feet away. And like, there's not going to be, I'm not going to have those same opportunities to do like and talk like I would normally do in a classroom. I'd like, you know, take two minutes to talk to that person. Like, it's going to be a very, very different thing. And I think, I think that's where I'm sad is that we have, we've tried to push so much to return to normal. Um, and then I also think was normal good enough in the first place? Like, like, it's not like we can look back at the education system before March of 2020 and say, that is- And it was fabulous. We were rocking everything. No, no. Right, like, like, 
that's I think that's the opportunity that we may have missed here is that we have a chance to like you know recreate what school really could look like and what we could be doing you know to educate a whole student not just in those core content areas but in like you know, being like a good human and interacting with each other and all those things and I think that's where we've probably like you know maybe missed an opportunity here. Okay, yeah, so we've allowed ourselves to go down that road that we said we, we did. Watch. I was just gonna say we're gonna do that. Okay, so what's the good? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm seeing a lot of it. Like there are pockets. I mean, there are definitely. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna clean it up because I said it earlier, and I want to keep it G-rated. But the masses are buttheads. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we see that. But when we see people working, like goofiest thing. Okay, if you're not familiar with like the penniless thing from dollar stores it's this whole like they're supposed to rotate stock but if they don't rotate the stock the way they're supposed to certain items at certain times sell for a penny and so there are people out there who that's that's their hobby they go penny shopping and they hoard this stuff all year but the cool thing is is i'm seeing is they're doing amazing things with their like hoard like they're setting up they're going into nursing homes and setting up shop and saying buy you know buy there's nothing to buy just bag whatever it is and they're brand new items with tags and stuff still on them so that they can get family they can and then basically these people are paying for the shipping because the family can't come there in person i mean just amazing things just like you talk about being a good human there's so many cool stories out there Um, yeah there really are like i had a kid who like she missed class last week and i was annoyed because like attendance is an issue this year with a lot of my kids but when she told me that like, oh, well, my mom and my sister and I, we went and we, we wrapped presents for this charity that we work with that deals with um, women who have escaped abusive relationships. I'm like, okay, that's far more important than anything that we were going to talk about that day. <laughs> like you can learn about checks and balances some other day. Um, go, go take care of other people. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I was that parent. I chose home. I kept my kids home um, when frankly, my kids probably needed the face-to-face but I kept them home because they hadn't hugged their grandparents since March. Yep. And you know what they got, I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the room because yeah. they got to hug their grandparents. And you know what, if, if the grades are going to dip and I'm going to have to crack the whip at home and, and threaten that we won't open gifts until new year's, if I have to, um, it was all worth it yeah. for that 10 minutes of hugging. Well, for me, the positives this year have been um, our district. The one, one of the things that, again, where like our district can't please anybody, but I have thought it was a great thing is that they switched to a, a quasi block schedule for four of the five days a week. Um, so basically like our kids are doing four classes a day on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, on Monday, that's all nine periods of the day, but on the other days it's four and four. Um, and then during the afternoon from like one to three o'clock, it's, it's like a true like enrichment and intervention time where we can check kids out and it's been a it's been a, a growth process for sure. Like it is not perfect and it won't be perfect for a while still. But for those kids who I have been able to like invite in to work with them, you know, in like groups of like five or six or, you know, go over a test that they just took that didn't do well on to talk about like how do we how do we improve on this in the next time or how do we retake this? Um, or just the kids who have come in to tell me absolute nonsense. Like they just drop in to tell me about like, you know this, this, and that. Um, I, I had a group of kids that stuck around the other day on Monday. We were, it was definitely like a time filler, but it was like, Hey, why don't you guys play the old school Oregon trail game? And, uh, I had two kids that came in yesterday at the end of the day and like 
yesterday was our last day before break. And I had two kids that came in at like 1.30 to tell me about how um, Karen was complaining to the manager on the Oregon Trail because she died um, of dysentery. And like, <laughs> like it was it was just fantastic. Like, it, like they're just such idiots. But like there's so like it's so much fun to actually like have that opportunity to talk to them because that's the thing that I think I'm missing the most this year is that like chance to actually build a relationship because like so many of them just appear on my screen as little black rectangles that don't have their cameras on. Um, and that's not something I'm going to fight with a kid about. I'm not going to like, that's not a battle I'm willing to have of like, turn your camera on. I need to build a relationship with you. So turn your camera on. <laughs> like, it doesn't really work so well. Um, but like the fact that I've got kids who are coming in in the afternoon to tell me about like, you know, I almost made it all the way to Oregon and there's a stupid snake bite in the mountains. And like, it was, it's fantastic. And, like I had a kid who like, like it's just been, it's been great to have some of these kids that like, you know, you can tell that they're struggling, that they haven't had a whole lot of human interaction, like having that time in the afternoon to just check in with teachers and like get some extra help and just drop in to ask a question. Like it has been a fantastic, fantastic thing that our district's done. So that's been a, a success for us. Um, the other one is that I have an amazing PLC partner at my school and the two of us have been in lockstep on everything we've done this year, which has, you know, we've been able to divide and conquer with like our workload and like her kids are getting the exact same thing that my kids are getting the exact same day, which we've never done before. Um, and it is, it has worked out so much better because like she went ahead and she created the test for the constitution. And I created the retake of the test. Like it was just like, we're able to like, you know, build off of each other and like figure out like, all right, well, what, what did we do last week that worked and what isn't working and how do we structure this a little bit differently? And, you know, I've tried to steal like ideas from, uh, Byers and Sandoval, who, you know, are on the, the dream wish list of people we would love to get on this podcast. Oh my um, gosh. Have they not been phenomenal the way they, they I mean, they, they've always shared stuff, but with, <laughs> with the whole remote learning thing, I'm like, I, I just like, I was so excited when somebody, when there was that GoFundMe to replace the computer. Cause I'm like, it's worth it. Yep, yep. Here's 20 <laughs> yep. bucks. Like I, you do, you share so much. Right. So, yeah. So that's, I mean, there have been, there have been as crappy of a year as it's been in some ways like there have been so many like really great successes and things that I've seen that are positives and and you know it does give me hope that as things go back to normal that we do learn I like I just I know I just spent like five minutes talking about how like you know we've missed an opportunity but maybe we haven't missed it totally maybe we have learned and we're making some baby steps in the right direction here so that's that's some of the good stuff for me but you guys I'll jump in. You know, with, okay. oh, go ahead. Yeah, go for it, Chris. This is what I we call dead air because, despite the fact, uh, <laughs> sorry, Chris, my go ahead. Rang right when I was getting ready to unmute myself. Sorry. Um, yeah. That, one of the cool things for me this semester has been, of course, you, you guys know, like my school is all online anyway and has been since before the pandemic so we didn't have a huge amount of changes that happened aside from getting some extra enrollment I think especially in the spring from students who were like make sure I get all of my high school credits in <laughs> so I could graduate um, and you know some new families who you know kind of expect something out of our school that it doesn't necessarily provide because, you know, we are totally asynchronous, it's self-paced. So, you know, if you want a more traditional school experience, our school isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily fit that model. 
Um, however, this fall, I, or actually in the summer, I got contacted by um, a professor who uh, teaches social studies methods for Indiana University, which you know our school is part of. And because the students weren't, the students in the social studies methods course, this is kind of like the class they take usually right before they student teach, they were not going to be able to go into classrooms um, for their field experience. Um, and so what we worked out is they got my classes, that my world history classes that I designed. Um, and so each, I met with them three different times during the semester as uh, four different cohorts for the whole course. Um, and they got to ask me questions. We got to talk about like how online learning is different from in-person learning cool. and like, why did I make the decisions that I did about different sources that I used or how I structured the lessons, how, why did I do this assessment choice, that kind of thing, which I enjoyed getting ideas from them and feedback from them. And from that relationship uh, in that class, uh, one of the students had found out that the teacher he was student teach for retired in the fall he's supposed to student teach in the spring and so now he's going to be student teaching with me and we're going to figure out what does student teaching look like <laughs> in an asynchronous fully online self-paced environment um, so I'm curious to see how that will go um, and I think aside from the questions the very legitimate and important questions that you guys that we have talked about already in the class or in in the class in this podcast episode sorry um, that about what's important in education, what do we really need to be doing to meet students' needs? You know, do we have to go back? It was normal, the best way of doing it. I think that also holds for um, teacher education or pre-service uh, teacher education. Um, is there one right way to do that? Um, what model kind of fits? So I will be curious to see how that works. Um, the student teacher is gonna be kind of a guinea pig and I'm gonna be kind of a guinea pig to see how this may be useful for them, for the student uh, who's teaching, but then also for um, our school uh, to get some teachers out there that have experience actually teaching online in some different ways so that if we run into this or if we decide that maybe it's good to have some components of online learning for students who get illnesses or injuries that keep them from being in school in person, but how do you still build that community, keep students engaged um, I think back to when I was teaching um, in New York in the early 2000s, I had a student who, because of um, health issues, was basically out of school like most of the second semester. And so she, the district hired a tutor and I sent her stuff every week and checked in with her. Um, but, you know, we have so much more technology and things that would help with that now and help that student be like more a part of the class of doing something completely separate. Um, so can we kind of learn from some of the things that we've done during the pandemic and maybe more fully meet the needs of students in kind of atypical uh, learning situations? Well, I love it. I think that's great. Like the idea of like, like a student teacher who has their experience in an asynchronous remote setting, like what an, what an interesting opportunity for that kid um, going forward. Like, I think that's, that's fantastic. And, and what a great thing for you too, to be able to like, you know, have like, that's, I, I always loved having a student teacher because it was just having like another person there to bounce things off of at the time. And for you to be able to have that opportunity now as well, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited. 
Yeah. I, you know, and, and to your point about what we do and is it, is it the best? Like, no, I don't think it is. And I don't, unfortunately I don't have a lot of faith in, you know, us as a community coming together and really reshaping uh, the structures of education in a way that I think would, you know, is a five day a week school day or week. Is that, is that really the best, you know, we've had these Wednesdays um, that are kind of unique where you have a check-in with your teacher, but it's mostly asynchronous and um, it allows for some PD to have, it just allows for a lot of interesting opportunities. And, you know, unfortunately they're confined to being on zoom at this, at this point, but like, you know, maybe there, there is some, you know, we built an access and flex periods into our traditional days. And I, I think they should just be a whole day, you know, it should just be your Wednesday. And so I, I don't know, we'll see, you know, we'll see where we come back on the other end of it. But I think, I think the key is really, you know, student agency and trying to build some of that curiosity for kids to be able to explore on their own, because one of the biggest challenges, I mean, and we've kind of all alluded to different aspects of it, but the relationships and, and building connections with kids, you know, when you're on Zoom, one person can talk at a time unless you're in breakout rooms, one person can talk and, you know, it's hard to connect with all of those students um, and, and foster, you know, some real connections and collaboration. And I will say, you know, you mentioned Amanda Sandoval, she shared, um, was it a Q, I think, uh, a session fostering collaboration remotely in, in Zoom. And one of the best takeaways from her that we started using is this word wall. Uh, she had this little breakout room doc uh, and it was scaffolded conversations for students to go into breakout rooms to just to just talk. But the word wall spinner, if you haven't been there, wordwall.net is awesome. And you can create these spinners. They have some default ones that are just fun prompts, you know, like what did you have for breakfast or something just to get people talking. But you can also, we just used it with staff as we started talking about some of the things to think about with remote learning and concurrent learning and all this. And so we kind of customized the, the wall and just got, you know, gave people prompts, you know, you spin it and, and just talk about it for two minutes. And so it's, it's kind of fun, but there are ways, but you have to build that in. And this is where the business as usual doesn't work is, you know, if, if you only have them for a half an hour or 40 minutes on zoom and you have to spend 15 minutes in a breakout room, letting them talk about what they had for breakfast then you don't have 45 minutes on Zoom. You have 30 minutes. And if you talk to them at them for 30 minutes, you don't have them. You have another, you know I mean? And so really, again, building that agency for kids and designing things that they can they, they can do meaningfully uh, asynchronously, I think is just so important. And getting back to the silver linings for us, you know, part of that is in the infrastructure component. And I will say, you know what? I actually, at ISTE, they had, I forget the C CTO of ISTE, had a quote and it was like, who was the biggest influencer of technology change in your district? You know, was it your CTO? Was it, I don't know, Google or somebody, or was it COVID? And it's 100% COVID, you know? I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna be one-to-one K-12 because of this. We've got 3000 ele elementary Chromebooks coming. Uh, you know, we were already one-to-one 612 and they finally arrived. We ordered them six months ago, but you know, so, I mean, that's awesome. We, we've had some CARES funds and some staff have gotten to choose. We did this cool, kind of cool point system for concurrent learning, which I still think is going to be really interesting. Um, but, you know, we got a lot of iPads that teachers were able to get. Um, and we funded things like Padlet and Pear Deck and Edpuzzle and Seesaw and just kind of at different levels and some tools to help teachers work remotely, you know, uh, Unfortunately, they weren't there on day one. Like I wish they were. I wish, by the way, if anyone from Zoom is listening to this, I wish we could talk because you know what? Your pre-assigned breakout rooms are causing me a lot of problems. And I just think that there's some little things Zoom could do to make a lot of teachers' lives 
better. Like having little thumbnails of all the breakout rooms going so you can- Yes, just, like, thank you. I want the ability well, that would to be amazing. Spy. I want to be able to spy in a breakout room so I could see which kids have their cameras off and like which rooms seem to be absolutely silent yeah. as opposed to like when I join it and all of a sudden like cameras <laughs> light up. And, oh, look, we're all here. What are you guys talking about? Um, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yes. Bobby yes. over here was talking hey. about- <laughs> We're yeah. all guilty of that. And why why can't you like still be in the main room and let people in if you go to a breakout room? Why is it like I'm in the breakout room and I've just left everybody? I just so if you're out there listening and you work for Zoom at Scott Padway, you find me. Let's talk. <laughs> I will um, say though, okay, so we had to move to Microsoft Teams because of the security involved in it. Um, anything to do with kids has to be done through teams. And so we're kind of encouraging our staff to just use it with each other too, because the more you use something, the more comfortable you get with it and the more you figure it out. Um, the the Microsoft Teams has been, it's they've been working at really improving it and really like, it, it seems like they're really listening um, and developing what people want it to do. Um, so I've, I've been- similar with Google that. Meets, you know, yeah. that they've made some updates based on things that, I think you got to be at Google for education enterprise uh, Probably. and most people are just G suite for education. And so yeah. they don't get all those. A lot of people were really excited right. about those meat, uh, meat features. And then were saddened to find out that they are not right. Part so of Chris, I know you mentioned it. Is it moat? Is that what it's, how it's pronounced? I think so. I haven't, I've only it seen yet. it in type. I've never heard it actually spoken, but holy cow, where was this for all those years of all those AP essays that I was scoring at home to be able to do verbal feedback? Holy cow, I'm so excited about that. Yep, so that's a Chrome extension, I think. Yeah. Um, so that it works in Google Docs and probably, I would guess, other Google things like slides or whatever. So yeah, definitely check I, that out. I, I am so excited. Check it out more. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to play with it more, but you think about like, if I don't have the kid in front of me, yeah. How can I best give feedback? Okay, honestly, they're not going to listen to me. But, you know what I mean? Like, and they're guilty of that in person, right? They flip to the grade in the back. That's all they really want to know because they're point motivated. But to be able to give all that verbal feedback where they can look at it and you can mark it up in front of them in Cami, I, I am so excited for this extension because I really do think it's that missing piece for so many, to, I mean, when, when a kid's not in front of you to help them develop their writing is really difficult. Yeah, and um, they can hear your tone. So with written yeah. feedback, it's, you know, it can come across as very cold, but if you're just like, I really like what you did up there, you need to do that in this paragraph as well. You know, I mean, it just, yeah. you can make it sound it. different. You can hear the smile in your voice versus it's really hard to see that. On, well, and I think yeah. it also helps with that relationship building because you get the tonality and you get the goofiness and the mistakes and the stumbling over words and things like that. that maybe that was just my classroom, but um, <laughs> I mean, they just, it makes you so much more human. Yep. All right. Should we start wrapping up here? Probably. I was say, I don't know how, what our timer is at <laughs> now, but so um what do we have? Let's, let's do this here. I'm going to throw just something out here. One thing that you're wishing for, for either this podcast or your school year in 2021, I'm going to put you all on the spot here because we didn't talk about this beforehand. Ooh. I'll, I'll go first. What Amy oh. just said, she just said so much more human and I would love somewhere <laughs> in the next, I don't know, six months to have just a little bit more human in my life, you know, and just be able to start 
connecting back with people, yeah. you know, it, it just, it's, I don't know. That's not a very good answer. But. Okay. Hef, I don't know about you, but Hitchcock and Scott there with all their luscious locks, I'm kind of jealous. Like they've all got like this gorgeous, like quarantine hair thing going. I mean, there's a reason I'm wearing a hat these days and it's because I don't know that I would call this gorgeous, uh, lush locks here. It, it's a mess of like the whole Pantene commercial going here. He does. He does. <laughs> I, know, well, I find now that I've got this hair, if I don't like keep running my fingers through it, like in the commercial, it just gets in my face. You know, it's so I've just got to constantly, and it only works because we're on zoom, you know, it's one of those things I've taken this opportunity to, well, we don't go anywhere. So let me just let, let me just let it grow. It's a constant fight with my little guy though. His mom <laughs> wants to cut his hair and I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> don't cut that great hair. <laughs> my twin. So but we'll that see, beauty we'll see where be we end up, but I have a feeling it's coming. Something is coming soon. Yeah. Chris, when you took my hat, your hat off, I don't know if you guys were old enough to remember the movie Eraserhead. <laughs> <laughs> Never watched it. I just saw the 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 front of the video or the front of the DC VHS box because I'm old. Um, and like the hair, yeah. That's it's what it me. <laughs> it's something. It's something special right now. Um, for me, for my my wish for the New Year's to be more than like an hour ahead of, like I'd like to be more than an hour ahead of my kids right now. Like that'd be like the goal. Is like I feel like I am, like. I am barely like hanging on most days to like get like what needs to get done because it, and again, all these people that are on Facebook that apparently are experts in education and, and think that teachers are staying home and, you know, having the easiest year ever, like, like, yeah, like screw you, like come, come live my life for a day because it is like, I am working harder than ever before. Um, because this is all like it, it, we are reinventing the wheel like as we're going here so um that's my goal is to like actually be able to like be more than like a tiny bit ahead of schedule and and maybe you know if i'm more than a tiny bit ahead of schedule with uh you know my daily life in school then maybe we can actually like plan on doing more podcasts on a you know somewhat yeah. more consistent basis than like not a quarterly basis <laughs> right <laughs> I think we hit that this uh this wall no but I, you know it's it's as much as i enjoy speaking with everybody there have been plenty of weeks where it was just going to be that one more thing oh yeah oh oh absolutely yeah well so. i think like what what chris was saying chris huff was that everybody's a first year teacher almost again oh this yeah year it's like because that's how you felt like when you, you were teaching your first year like oh my god i'm like a day ahead of the students that's all i can do and you know that's what it feels like now. I guess with my wish, I would say that I wish that some, the grace that we're often like, that I know my kids have been shown by their teachers as far as like, oh, I turned in the wrong thing, you know, and the teacher's like, just turn in the right thing, you know, instead of, well, it's late now, you know, it, you know, just, I mean, obviously there has to be some kind of expectations and whatever, but, you know, I don't, you know, especially if it's not an all the time thing, you know, we all make mistakes and stuff. And do we always have to deal with that by punishment rather than by- Well, and especially you know, when grace. half the time the mistake that's made is, is on the adult's end. Yeah. They didn't add the proper link or they didn't send the kid the template they meant to send or something broke. I, you know what? If you want the kids to deal, I'm just, just we're, all, we're all learning. We're all figuring it out. That's okay. 
We'll figure and does it, it out. really make a difference if it comes in 24 hours later than you would I, you know what you have like, no idea what's going on in kids homes and, exactly. and it's not uncommon for the 10 year old kid to be in charge of a toddler yep um that's that's not uncommon right now and you know what at the end of the day if the kid can get the stuff done they're learning and yep. and that in in itself is pretty amazing feat are we teaching what well, do we want them to learn or do we want them to be compliant oh, that's yeah. absolutely yep yep and i'm knows. I know for me, my wish is to wrap up this goofy degree. I am ABD as of right now. I want to do that research and I'm going to pass that test. And then I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm going to have so much time on my hands. Like I haven't for, I mean, it's been like what, five years of this now? <laughs> I think to take up four. knitting or something. I, you know, well, actually I have plans. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the goofy, the, the black dog, not the blonde one that showed up, but the black one. Um, she's going to go through therapy programs so she can go with me to work. Oh, that's fantastic. I think, I think that's needed Love. more than anything right now is that just the kids just, and, and the staff, I mean, sometimes just burying your fingers in some fur just releases a lot. And yep. that dog would love nothing more than to go, go sit on my feet every day. That's fantastic. That's a positive way to end this right here. Agree. So I, I'll, I'll just go ahead and I'll take us out of here. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Um, if, uh, if you ever have show ideas for us, please feel free to hit us up on Twitter or any other way that you can get a hold of us. And um, we don't know when we will uh, we'll talk again, but somewhere down the road in 2021, you will hear these voices coming at you again. But until then, um, stay safe and do great things. Happy holidays. <laughs>